gap between old school camps and this new wave of Welcome back, Rebounders. You're here today on the Inoffensive Rebound. I'm Timmy, Basketball Bunker, and as ever, alongside me... Stuart Sideline, right? Sideline, round one of the playoffs is done. There's so much action to talk about that we can't... There's no jokes in this episode. No laughing not. whatsoever. Never. So let's just get straight to it. Of course. Now, we have to obviously give a shout out to our ever-reliable sponsor, Hoop Growth. Mm-hmm. Hoop Growth have released a new range for the playoffs. It is Hoop Growth Better Than Mellow. It guarantees you to perform better than Carmelo Anthony, regardless of how little or great your dosage is. To find out more, head to hoopgrowth.com.ph. Now, tell me this sideline. Does this new uh, version of Hoop Growth come with a completely unnecessary sweatband? Uh, that, as well as a shooting sleeve. Okay, excellent. Given that Mellow never works up a sweat... Never. He's, he's on the court for about three minutes at a time. Correct. And a shooting sleeve, yeah. well, it can't improve anything. No, it, it certainly hasn't. If anything, it's somehow made his shooting worse, which is quite incredible. Uh, it also comes with a triple XL jersey, which fits the rotund basketballer. Of course. Very nicely. Very nice. Now, so we, we digress because we've got round one of the playoffs to talk about. As we at do. the date of recording, all of play, play, playoff, uh, the first round has been completed, save for the Cavs. Exactly right. So we're... Uh, <laughs> Anticipating a very close game seven between the Cavs and the Pacers. Yes. Tip off is in roughly nine hours, give or take. Yeah, and we'll be with you live for those next nine hours until the game starts. Of course, as podcasts always work in a live format. <laughs> Correct. Um, and of course, when this podcast does get up- uploaded, sideline, mm-hmm. the outcome of Pavs, uh, the Cavs, sorry, and the Pacers will be known. So let's yeah. just use a generic term throughout here. Yes. What's the generic term would you like to use? The Pavaliers. The Pavaliers, okay. Yeah. Great. All right, so moving on to sideline, I think we should start in the West It's because it's probably the simplest to talk about. We had some interesting series there, but you've got to say with the Rockets and Golden State, pretty much foregone conclusions, they were through to the next round. Exactly right. And then you had a more interesting matchup between the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder, finished in six, but still very interesting matchup. Yep. And then the other game, which would you like to remind me of what that, that matchup was? I would not. Okay, so it was obviously the Pelicans and the Portland Trailblazers, which was... As it turned out, a foregone, the most of the foregone conclusions, but very unexpected one. The un- most unexpected sweep I think anyone would have uh, considered. Yeah. And it's going to be a bit of a rude shock, I think, for the Pelicans coming against a, a competent uh, opponent. Yes, exactly series. right. And they have already played the first game of that series, and it was exactly that, a rude shock. It was a very consider- considerable win to the Golden State Warriors. So, sideline, just sticking with the Thunder and the Jazz, because yes. it's probably the most interesting series there in terms of the, uh, the games themselves being very close and also the repercussions now that OKC have been knocked out. Yes. Um, in terms of repercussions, I think really interesting to see what happens with Paul George. It's He's played, I think, his last game in an OKC you jersey. Think so? I think, who wants to stay in Oklahoma City? Well, not many people. So you're expecting him to go to the Los Angeles Lakers? I think either the LA Lakers or potentially the Clippers. Okay. Um, he's from California originally. He's from LA originally. And he's always said that he'd like to return there at some point. Mm. He's lived in Indiana so far and then Oklahoma City. Yeah. Two, they're not known for their nightlife. Not at all. And with his new nickname of Playoff P, which everyone seemed to love so much for his the two wins that he helped produce, <laughs> the yep. Oklahoma City produce, he's obviously going to try and introduce that to you know the nightlife, the night scene, and then really take advantage of that. On the dance floor, because obviously ladies love nicknames. Yeah, the playoff P. And especially, you know, you, you come to a new na- your new team, they say, oh, hello, Paul. He's like, oh, no, no, it's playoff P. Of course. Yes, exactly right. When people come up to me and say, hello, Stuart, I say, no, no, 
It's sidelined. Absolutely. Of course. Especially on the dance floor. That's where it's, you know, really... That's really when you get the best conversations. 100%. Um, probably the most interesting thing for me, though, sideline between OKC and the Thunder was... Well, probably one of the two things. But the most interesting for me was how awfully Mellow performed. Just truly abysmal. I, I agree entirely, which is probably one of the reasons that Hoopgrowth has released this new range of Better Than Mellow. Yeah. Um, now, I've got, I've got a couple of interesting stats here on Camelo's first five games of the series. Load me up. So, he shot 27% from the three-point range when uncontested. Ooh. So, pretty bad. And then shot 23% from behind the arc on contested threes, which really begs the question... Is there any point defending Melo? I say no. I mean, you could basically take that 4% risk that yep. he'll shoot it, but otherwise you're fine to go. I agree entirely. Um, I've got the, the game six stat here he, that he was minus 17 in OKC's loss and they only lost by 10 in the end. Wow. So he really took it on. He took the burden on himself mm. to make sure they lose. Well, everyone's been kind of heaping praise on Donovan Mitchell and his performances throughout the playoffs, and he has been very good. Yes. But he, has, he definitely hasn't been the Jazz's best player, has he? No, I would say that Rudy Gobert, for my mind, has been the best. I would have said Carmelo Anthony has oh, been the course. best player. Yes. Carmelo Anthony has done... He's gone out of his way to help them out. Yes, he has. Um, the most interesting thing for me is that oh, in next season, he has a player option for, yep. to stay at OKC for $28 million. Ooh. You could just see him there just rubbing oh. his hand, just going, this is going to be beautiful. He'll be the first one online at KFC ordering the family pack. Absolutely. Knowing that he's guaranteed for another year, he can do whatever he wants. And look, he has been doing that too, hasn't he? He absolutely has. How many sweatbands and shooting sleeves will he buy with his $28 million? That gets you at least seven, I'm going to say. Fair enough. The gold-encrusted ones. I mean, that's what you want chafing against you during a game. Definitely. Because like, we, we've touched on it earlier in an earlier podcast, but obviously we were very big fans of the Smurf look he sported earlier this year. We had these shooting sleeves on both arms and on both legs. I don't all, know. All you know, blue, him, yeah. Yeah, all very light blue. And I like the fact that he's got the shooting shooting sleeves for the feet because or for the legs because effectively he shoots kind of similar percentages from both up high and down low, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, one thing I saw after the game is uh, they asked him you know, what's your future looking like at OKC? And he said, I'll tell you this, I'm absolutely not coming off the bench. Ooh. So after having probably the worst playoff series of any player in modern history, just letting everyone know, I'm not I'm not coming off the bench. I'm a starter. It's really, this $28 million contract has really gone to his head, hasn't it? Yeah, it really I mean, has. It is the contract of a starter. I'll give him that much. The yeah. paycheck definitely says I'm starting. But the performance, no. Oh, certainly not. Now, one other thing that has happened in Oklahoma City recently, which is of much interest to me was, we, and we talked about it a little bit, it was Westbrook's final game of the season where he had to get 16 rebounds to average the triple-double and then yes. obviously collected 20 rebounds. Uh, now, one thing that happened during that game was the Thunder announcer made uh, a passing remark. Now, I'd, I'd just like to get your thoughts on this remark. So, once he got to the 16 rebound mark, the Thunder announcer said, he is out of his cotton-picking mind. Oh. I mean, even for me, I like to live life on the edge. Yes. That is that is really, that's over the edge, I would it have is. to say. It certainly is. Uh, look, it wasn't well received by anyone. Yep. And that's of no surprise. Uh, somehow the Thunder announcer has kept his job for, what well, it looks like he's kept his job for the 2018-19 season. Yeah. So he does, he, re- he does realize that like the majority of the NBA, the vast majority african-american he does but he also realizes that they don't pay his salary it's, oh, okay you know, it's the white man the white executive that you know is obviously providing that paycheck and so probably a little concern there 
Oh, that probably explains why they like all the players on the Thunder had such an awful series, other than Stephen Adams. Yes, of course. He played amazingly as, as the wide executive. Yes. Uh, so how, how would you rate Oklahoma City's performance overall, especially considering they got through to the second round last year and then went out and bought two big names, obviously in Playoff P and yeah. in Melo, the three-point shooter himself, uh, and they had a worse worse performing season this year. Do you think? What, what do you think the repercussions will be in Oklahoma? I think there's going to be have to be a complete overhaul. But given that they're so strapped in terms of salary, I mean they've committed so much to Westbrook and Melo. There's mm-hmm. only so much they can do. Yeah. Adams is on contract for a while, so they've just got to get as many pieces as possible. But it is very interesting because. They gave away Oladipo and Sabonis, hmm. and everyone said what a great find it was getting Paul George for those two. And yep. Sabonis and Oladipo have been outstanding in the Cavs matchup. Absolutely. They've been very, very helpful for the, I think we called it the, the Pavaliers. The Pavaliers, yes. They've been great performers. That's correct. Yeah, and so I think Oladipo, after probably LeBron James, has probably been the standout so far in the playoffs. Yeah. Mainly because that matchup's been so close. Like you've had other performers who've been great, but never really been challenged by their opponents. But it's it's been great to see the the Pavaliers play so well for six games. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's annoying that the Pavaliers don't support LeBron James at all. They provide no help for there. But also in saying that, the Pavaliers have shot so well from the three point line. Players like uh, Sabonis, players like Bog- uh, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich, absolutely. You know, key. key Pavalier players all series. Um, the one thing we've got to think about, obviously, is we touched on this last episode, and this was that Tristan Thompson has recently cheated on his heavily pregnant wife, yes. Khloe Kardashian. Um, he's actually been rewarded with a couple of minutes in this series Ooh, so far. The great first, reward. The, the first minutes he's had. But I did some digging, and I found out the last time that Tristan Thompson cheated on his wife Ooh. was the last time the Cavs won a championship. Well, this is great. Who was his wife back then? I, I don't know. Obviously, okay. he, I think he cheated on her with Khloe Kardashian. Okay, good. So maybe this time he'll cheat on her with Kim. I'm not sure exactly how it works. Yeah. But he's the point is, he's consistent. He's Absolutely. doing everything he can possibly do yeah. on and off the court to get them to the finals. So I've noticed that LeBron James has been sporting a warm-up, a shirt in the warm-up that says it takes everything. Yeah. And obviously, Tristan Every- Thompson has really <laughs> taken that the extra, the extra Absolutely. mile. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but sticking with it takes everything, the one... Interesting part, I think, that the Cavs have been doing are wearing these matching suits mm. to before the game on their way in. Now, I know that LeBron James has a lot of money, but to spend... Because to, LeBron James has actually funded all these suits. I'm not sure if you're aware. I am aware. Uh, and obviously, the Pavaliers are very happy with this you know, bonus. Obviously, it's outside of their contracts. But uh, they've been losing every time they sport the suit, haven't they? Yeah, get rid of the suit. Wear your track pants, mm. your tearaways, whatever you need to. Yeah. Um, and particularly where the suits that they're wearing, I know it's the fashion, mm. but they're very short on the on the, on the the legs. So mm. you see, you know, with LeBron or someone like Larry Nance Jr., who's a tall bloke, it's yeah. sort of like halfway cut off at the ca- at the calves. Yeah. I mean, was that Isaiah Thomas's and he just <laughs> gifted it over? Look, I look, I can't, I can't speak for Isaiah Thomas. I'm not sure of the situation there, but I think that LeBron James in this situation really needs to splash out a bit more cash and take him to a tailor. Yeah. Like, the Pavaliers are at times a, a small franchise, but still, LeBron James is on good cash. He, yeah. can, he can take him to a tailor. You can afford that extra little bit of fabric. Um, now, interestingly, though, I, I saw one incident with in the series where a fan, a Pacers fan, heckled Tyron Lue Ooh. for the fact that he was wearing a matching suit as well. Tyron Lue came back with, it's a new fashion, you wouldn't know that, you live in Indiana. Ooh. 
And Excellent. I mean, my knowledge of Indiana is limited to parks and recreation. Yes. But in that show, they have no fashion sets. So, so I'm oh, gonna... Tommy's Closet. I disagree. It oh, is... All right, all right. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, I've I... never been to Cleveland, so I know nothing about that fashion. <laughs> so I'm going to stick up for Indiana and the Pavaliers in this circumstance. Well, we've got a show off by the sounds of it. We certainly do. Uh, I don't know how we settle this. We, we'll go to game seven yep. and we'll pick out three fans from the Pavaliers and three fans from the Pavaliers yep. and see which team has the better fashion in the crowd. And then we'll name the Pavaliers potentially the overall most fashionable team in the Excellent. NBA. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Uh, sideline, just coming back now to what was my uh, my favourite incident in the series of the Jazz and OKC. Okay. And it's on this theme of fan interaction. Um, we saw a number of interesting incidents between Russell Westbrook and the fans in Utah. Certainly did. Now, is it fair to say that Russell Westbrook has quite a short fuse? I would say it's, it's medium to short. Yes. So... Look, I think that obviously Russell, Russell, sorry, Russell Westbrook has been a little bit preoccupied. He's obviously got this second job working in the cotton fields. And yep. so that really kind of ties him out when it comes to game time. I, but, can't, I can't endorse these comments. I can endorse President Erdogan, but not this. Okay. Uh, so we've seen that Westbrook, you know, is still tirelessly performing on the court. You know, yep. still putting in, you know, big minutes and big... big Slaving sta- away. Yes. <laughs> big, big stat lines. And it's very impressive. Um and so, you know, you could you could argue that you could chain him down and he'd still perform. But I think I think Westbrook really, you know, has to kind of reel it in when it comes to the fan interactions. Yeah, I mean, he's the fan's whipping boy. They really get it in. Um, so we saw one incident between former presidential candidate Mitt Romney, where he started taunting Westbrook from the sideline um, during Game 4 after Westbrook picked up his fourth foul before yeah. halftime. And Mitt Romney sort of gave him, he just put up four fingers at him and started like twiddling him in his face, mm. uh, which Westbrook didn't like. I'm quite surprised that Romney has the ability to keep track of four fouls. Yeah, I mean, he is, he is a, a moron. Yes. Oh, sorry, Mormon. Mormon. A Mormon. Mormon, yes. A moronic Mormon. Yes, there we go. Um, and then another incident, we saw a fan who just after the loss in Game 6 went to take a photo of Westbrook's face and Westbrook like snapped the phone out of the guy's hand. He did indeed. And... I, look, is it Westbrook's responsibility to then reimburse his fan for the cost of the damage to the phone? I, I don't think so. I mean, we talk about reparations, but if anyone, Westbrook's owed them. Yes. Um, so I, I don't think so. I don't think he's owed anything. Fair enough. Now, we've got a few other matchups to talk about in the in the West. Um, so I think the the biggest one so far that we've seen outside of the, the Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder match was the surprise packet of the pelicans winning 4-0 absolutely and i mean by packet we mean the monobrow yes exactly so it was a, it was a one-man show but he you know led the led the team for four straight games which is very impressive yeah do you think that he has any chance of helping the pelicans get past the warriors i mean the only thing that can happen now is that steph curry comes back for the warriors and makes them play worse because I mean, today they had a romping win over New Orleans. Yep. I just don't see New Orleans getting a game against them unless Steph Curry comes back and just throws them off their rhythm. But otherwise, uh, no, I, I can't see it. I, th- I think it's going to be a 4-0 demolition. Okay, and then obviously the next matchup in the, the West is, of course, the Jazz, who we've touched on, who have played very well, yep. playing against the Houston Rockets, who have played fine but haven't really been challenged so far. That's right. Well, I, well, I think exception to that is CP3. Oh, yes, he was challenged. So he was obviously facing up against his old teammate and Jamal Crawford, used to both wear the Clippers jersey for the same period of time. Very they not only wore the Clippers jersey, they played for the Clippers. Oh, there we go. So not just fans. <laughs> yeah. 
but real <laughs> superstars. Well. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. So they had a bit of a heated discussion both on and off the court. So this was in game five, which turned out to be the final game. Yep. Houston had a very healthy lead at this stage. So it looked like not only the game was wrapped up, but the series was done and dusted. And Jamal Crawford goes for a shot. Bit of contact there between he and Chris Paul. No call happens, whether it was a foul or not. You know, that's up to the, the refs to decide. But then Chris Paul, who is easily one of the smallest men in the competition, Correct. and stands over the top of Jamal Crawford, you know, obviously really kind of showing off his small man syndrome yep. and kind of getting his face, trying to, you know, let him know he's a bit weak for kind of going down so easily with such minimal contact. And yep. then after the game, then approaches Jamal Crawford again in the tunnel to, I guess, let him know that he was unhappy with how it all played out, you know, kind of let off a little more steam. And then eventually, apparently, they made up. But, you know, that's what they tell the media. What do you, what do you think? I think it's very strange. I mean, they're former teammates. They're apparently good friends as well. Um, mm. So I'm not really sure what's behind Can, do all Do you think this. Chris Paul has a good friend? I don't think so, other than his alter ego, Cliff Paul, yes. who appears in the ads. But even then, I it, can't imagine those two get along. Even him and Cliff Paul, I mean, their alter alter ego, they hate each other. Um, also, though, you've got to remember that Jamal Crawford, who is six foot six, I think, he weighs 79 kilos. Yes. He, is, he is a feather that is ready to fall over. He certainly is. And you have the feather against probably the most combustible person in the NBA, being mm. Chris Paul, who is so competitive and just ready to punch his former teammate or go through a tunnel and start a dust up with the clippers. Yes. I think it was only it was it was always going to happen. Yes. Oh, look. Potentially inevitable, but is Chris Paul the worst ex-teammate of all time given that obviously he had this incident with the clippers only what 3 4 months ago? Um I'm going to say probably, but I'll reserve judgment because of uh Big Glenn Baby Davis. And also Matt Barnes. I think they were probably two of the worst ex-teammates you could get. Okay, fair enough. Um, behind the scenes, though, I've heard that CP3 has recently put his 14-bathroom mansion up for sale. Oh, really? So perhaps this is an explanation for some of this tension. Okay. I mean, he doesn't have a place to piss anymore or poop. No, you know, or sleep. Yeah, well, but 14 bathrooms. Yes, okay. Incredible. I mean, that's a, that's a man who's compensating for something. <laughs> he certainly is. Uh, so is this house in Los Angeles or is this in Houston? This is in LA. Okay. So his former abode where he did a lot of business and obviously played for the Clippers. Mm. He's put it up for sale now. Um, I was thinking we could probably crowdsource some funds. Oh, I think so. And sort of get some some money in the coffers for CP3. Yeah, I guess so. If, if you're interested in kind of, I guess, funding the inoffensive rebound, purchasing this lovely ex-house of Chris Paul, please send us an email, inoffensiverebound at gmail.com. We will certainly willingly take all of your money. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll certainly report back on the quality of the abode. Uh, we will. That is, that's a lovely offer, by the way. Yeah. Not, not often do we offer to buy a house on anyone else's behalf. Yes. You're welcome, rebounders. Now, Sideline, we probably owe it to ourselves and the rebounders to move to the Eastern Conference to discuss yes. the matchups there. So we've talked about the Pavaliers yes. and what's going on there. Uh, today we saw another Game 7, and that was between Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. We did indeed. Um, and so, I look, I was confident that the Bucks would win, but as it turned out, I was wrong. You were wrong. I was wrong. Uh, yeah, the Celtics have been very good, I think. Yeah, especially today, uh, Jalen Brown, one of their sort of superstars who stepped up, went, went off with a, a hamstring injury. And they've been they've been decimated by injuries completely. Like you know, you've got lost Hayward, you've lost um, Kyrie Irving, and now Brown is out. And they've managed to step up and win in seven against a pretty decent Bucks team. Yeah, and obviously we've touched on it before, but unfortunately Gordon Hayward's dog is also out for the season. Yeah, sorry, ACL injury. Yes, yes that's right. Um, but what we really saw, I think, what was exciting today was seeing three Australians on the court at the same time. It was exciting. That three. 
probably the almost the three worst performing players in that matchup. Uh, yeah, so well, Aaron Baines, so the centre of the Celtics, backup yep. centre, he had a very good game, actually. Had a, I think yep. he had a double-double. Then there was Thon Maker, who... Probably um, got a block or two, I'm guessing. He got a couple of blocks, and he also got a, a nice three-pointer. And then, without doubt, the worst Australian in the NBA, Matthew yep. Delphidova. Yes, I mean... I, I do quite like the name Delhi. It just rolls off the tongue. Yep. It, it does kind of get me a little bit hungry, maybe kind of get the meat sweats a little bit. Yep. But apart from that, Delhi doesn't do a whole lot for, for Yeah, me. so when I was watching him today, just doing a bit of an au- a Delhi audit, as it yes. were, uh, I counted three turnovers and two air balls. Okay, how long were you auditing for? That was about three minutes. Okay. It was it was a lot of production in a limited space of time. Yes, of course. But otherwise pretty limited. Um, so we've, we've had that series, and then we've also had, I thought, which is a very interesting one, was... The Raptors against the Wizards. Yes, it was it was a great series. So it finished four two, obviously, to the Raptors. Yep. But it was good to see that the Wizards stood up on the home tour, home court after being down two 0 and then brought it back to two all. Yeah. And obviously, we had the Drake factor. I know you've got a few things to report on in terms of Drake. Yeah. So with Drake, obviously, he's at every Raptors home game, pushing his team along, um, and he does it in every way he can. So if it's smack talking with John Wall, he'll do it. If it's wearing the hockey team jersey of a recently deceased hockey team, which died in a bus crash, he'll do it. Um, and in the most recent sacrifice, I understand that um, he's responsible for Greg Popovich's wife passing away. This is really, really terrible. Yep. I do not approve of any of this Drake behavior. This is a terrible break. So um, poor old Pop, his wife, Erin Popovich, um, obviously she was a movie star. She played Julia Roberts in a movie about a lawyer that takes on a gas company. Yes, I think you must be talking about... Oh, this is a tough one. Any uh, Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, Ocean's 13. Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. Oh, agree to disagree, but please continue with the story. Um, so, yeah, so she played Aaron Brockovich in uh, Aaron Popovich. Okay. Um, and she's sadly passed away. So, obviously, our thoughts and prayers go out to Pop. Yes, of and course. And Spurs. Yeah. Um, and also, Drake, just lay off. Just stay away. And maybe we'll have a, a quick little moment after this recording to watch Ocean's 13. Okay. And just a, a shout out to Aaron Popovich. Hola. Hola. Yes. Now, we've got a, another matchup to talk about. Of course, the 76ers and the Miami Heat. Which was a bit of a uh, a bit of a disappointment in the end, you'd have to say, wouldn't you, sideline? Uh, look, it looked it promised a lot but and delivered some good performances, but never really uh, provided that kind of crucial game where it was really enticing, I think. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean... The Miami Heat had been the 76ers bogeyman for much of the series. Yeah. And in the end, the 76ers dispatched of them pretty easily. Um, we saw some pretty vintage performances, though, from Dwayne Wade, did we not? We certainly did. I think the first game he scored 27 points. It was, you know, it was real kind of clinical Wade. And then had another 20-plus performance in game two. And so at that point, it leveled the series at one all. And almost goes far to suggest that without Wade, it would have been a 2-0 lead to 76ers and probably... Would have been, you know, a, a pretty over pretty quickly. That. Yeah, so he really did kind of keep the contest interesting, which is it was just, I thought fascinating because Wade still is talking about retirement. I don't know if he's made an official announcement yet. He probably will talk, I would imagine, to the inoffensive rebound first. Yeah, he'll let us know. Um, yes, on the on the streets, I hear at least one more year. He's still got the groove in him, and he's still ready to keep going. But uh, yeah, well, so good to hear. One, one more year at the very least. But what the thing that I found the most interesting about this series was that Joel Embiid, who has always provided just a lot of enjoyment for the inoffensive rebound. I think the top troll of the year, you've got to say. He's he's pipped his contenders in Draymond and others. I, I would absolutely agree. I don't think there's been much of a contest there. So, yeah. we've you know, we've discussed Rookie of the Year, and it seems 
slightly contested, but Troll of the Year, just hands down in bead. Just a great performance there. So he came out after game one, after game two, sorry, when the series was tied at one all and announced all four teams that the 76ers would beat to clinch the championship this year. So Miami to start. So he started with Miami, which is a good start, Joel, because yep. if you'd started elsewhere, you would have immediately been wrong. Yep. So and well I wouldn't have put it past him, but he, you know, he started off strong. They went Boston, which now that Boston have gone through and are facing the, the 76ers, that's, that's a good start that he's predicted that. So he's obviously got his bracket right so far. Yep. And he's gone on to, uh, say that they'll beat, uh, the Pavaliers. The Pavaliers, okay. That's yep. pretty good. Yeah. And then Golden State in the final. So the moment, it's, it's all possible, which is great. Um, and I just, I just love that not only has Embiid kind of showed this hubris, but he's actually gone off and done the bracket himself, and he's actually kind of, you know, done the, you know, worked he's got out pen the to paper, and he's trying yep. to figure it out. I mean, it's pretty impressive for a, a Cameroonian that's only recently mm. taken to Twitter and learning English, and he's, yeah. he's just such an extraordinary with the trolling. Um, Absolutely, but, we just need more Embiid in the NBA. More Embiid. Um, and I think it was very good after their win in Game 5. They mm. sort of came in the locker room and they were very celebratory. I mean, this is the mm. first time they've made the semifinals in, I think, 16 years. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Uh, and so they decided to co- coach Brett Brown with water and chocolate milk. Oh, classic basketball finish to a series. Yeah, I mean, normally there's the Gatorade, but this time they're thinking, what about something a bit stickier? Yes. Uh, let's throw chocolate milk on him. I, I want to know where you can get these gallons of chocolate, <laughs> chocolate milk from. Look, I couldn't tell you. Philadelphia is quite a built-up city. They're not, you know, not near too much farmland, so they haven't really kind of sourced it locally, I wouldn't think, which is disappointing. Yeah, of course, but uh, I'm very, I'd like to do some research into where this has come from. Maybe if they can get a uh, sponsorship with Oak. Yes, of course. And every win, they'll, you know, squirt people with chocolate milk. I could get down with that. That'd be great. I could imagine the cheerleaders would get behind that. They would really like to... Maybe just out of their teeth sort of thing. Yes, of course. Yeah, that, yeah. That'd be really fun. That, that would be good. Um, yeah, look, if I were a coach and I had the option of being, having any drink poured on me, milk would be very low down on the list. Yeah, it's not that sort of thing. Like, can you imagine if you get a little bit in your hair and you don't live for a while, it starts to curdle in your hair or oh, yeah. something like that? It, it wouldn't be a good thing. It's not good. I think, look, I, I dare say that if it turns out that LeBron James ends up in Philadelphia next year, which is still a possibility, yeah. that I would imagine LeBron has a no-milk clause in his contract. Yeah, absolutely. No trade, no milk, uh, and no no hair jokes. No hair. Absolutely. Oh, just no hair. Yeah, no hair. Yeah, that would make it a little bit easier. Um, moving now back to the West sideline and probably out of the playoff picture, um, I believe that you've got some news about Mr. James Harden. Look, I certainly do. So there have been some very interesting reports lately. So it's come out that James Harden and R&B singer Ashanti are in a relationship. So I can look look on your face suggests you don't know who I'm talking about. I don't know who Ashanti is. Look, now given that uh, Ashanti hasn't been relevant for 15 years, that is fair. Okay. But apparently she is an R&B singer. So basically, what's happened lately is that Harden has put her up in a hotel in Houston. He's then she's then sat with his family at games, and he's also brought her flowers. Now, flowers are certainly indicative of a relationship. Um, I thought cold sores were. Oh, look, that's possible as well. Yep, <laughs> not too sure. Um, but uh, look, we've just got a, a few comments from Ashanti here. Now, given that 
James Harden is always there when you call. Yep. But he's not always on time. I don't see this relationship working out. Uh, it, it is fundamentally broken. I mean, I like the fact that she is proud of her promptness mm. and that she's always on time. But as we know, Mr. Harden can be quite tardy. Yes. They always talk about like his Harden time in the fourth. Of course. Do it earlier, Harden. Yes. Do it in the first. Absolutely. What are you doing? Knock off early and sit with her in the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Bring the flowers mid-game. It would be very romantic. Uh, also, it's a bit of a, a mismatch because he's obviously the MVP this season while mm. she was the MVP 15 years ago. Yes, exactly right. So it's it's not a good look for Harden, you know, hanging out with a washed-up R&B singer. Yeah. Uh, but then I guess... Oh, I guess that unathletic body of Harden is also not a great look either. Yep. So maybe maybe it works out. Who knows? I mean, I know you are the uh, the the noted R and B expert on the inoffensive rebound. If you had a, a matchup for Harden, who would it be? Uh, my first my first protocol would be, of course, Snoop Dogg. Yep. But you know, we all know that Snoop Dogg is taken. Yeah. He is assigned to many a bitch. Yep. And so he that that matchup will never, of course, happen. So I think uh, the next port of call would have to be. The famous singer Shakira. Shakira? Yes. Okay. Not really renowned for R&B though, is she? Oh, a little bit. The Latin vibes, a little bit R&B-ish. The way that Harden moves around on the court, you know, it, it reminds she, me. She's, you know, she's European. He's got the Euro step. Yes, of course. Being from Colombia, she's definitely European. And good. And so, so speaking of dancing though, one, there's there's been a very noticeable increase of dancing on the basketball court this playoff series, but only by one player. Do you know who I'm talking about? LeBron James? Incorrect. Oh. Lance Stevenson. Of course, the Lance dance. It has been phenomenal. How he, good is it having Lance back? It's great. We, look, if he'd been back at the start of the season, he would actually be contending with Joel Embiid for Troll of the Year. Yeah. His trolling game is strong. It's strong as ever, actually. But it's just a shame we have to wait kind of... 90% of the way through the season to see it, but I am I'm loving it. I, can't, I kind of like it that he, he waits until playoffs. He waits until he's matched up against LeBron James yes. to bring out the trolling side. So, you know, several years ago, we saw Lance blowing in LeBron's ear, yeah. uh, joining the Cavaliers huddle. Mm-hmm. This year, we're seeing similar things where he just sort of sidles up to LeBron on every occasion, just sort of leans on him mm-hmm. or sort of tickles him if he can. Uh, and one of the best things I saw was he was goading LeBron all game to try oh, and get a technical. It was great. Uh, and then the Cavs called a timeout. And so Lance has sort of followed LeBron towards the Cavs huddle and LeBron pushes him away and earns himself a technical foul in the process. It's 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 great trolling. It's great Lance work. It, it really is. Um, and as LeBron James explained eloquently after the game, uh, someone said, you know, what happened there? Did you lose your cool? And he explained it thusly. He said, it's like we're at school and we're in the classroom and Lance passes me a funny note and I look at it and I laugh and I get in trouble. I can't laugh at the at the notes that laughs that Lance is giving me. Look, I used to think that LeBron's speciality was just in the basketball court, but it certainly also includes analogies. That was phenomenal. He is a poet in he many is. ways. Now, do you expect that come Game 7 between the Pavaliers and the Pavaliers, yep. that LeBron James will be given an actual note by Lance Stevenson? Oh, I really hope so. And if he starts giggling and then gets a technical, oh, it will be glorious. It will be glorious. Now, I really hope that this gets out to Lance in time for Game 7, because uh, I think it really will help the Pavaliers to really kind of spark the idea of writing many notes pre-game, kind of trolling LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, one thing that I really enjoyed from Lance Stevenson in Game 6, I don't know if you would have seen it, but after hitting a 
basically the dagger. That yeah. was a huge win for the, the Pavaliers. Um, but hit a three-pointer. He then air guitared. Oh, I saw this playing the guitar. Just so beautiful. Like, he was basically playing the Pavaliers. Exactly right. And then makes a layup and then goes the whole way back down the court doing high knees as if he's warming up again. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. So it's, it is peak Lance. And, and I've seen some incidents where, um, Bo, Boban Bo, Bogdanovich hit a, hit a beautiful three pointer mm. and Lance ran onto the field to start celebrating and his own team had to pull him back on because he would have got a technical foul. Of course. But it's that sort of love of trolling, which I really like to see. Yeah. And, uh, look, I am through the roof happy that we have seen peak Lance again. It's okay. been too long between... It, it has been too long since between drinks. And I think we owe almost all of it to LeBron James and how much that really sparks Lance. Yes, yes. So, um, Sideline, as, as we end leaving up here for this, uh, this episode, mm. if you had to have a prediction of the outcome of tomorrow's game, what would it be? Pavaliers. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say the Pavaliers. Interesting. Um, well, okay, rebounders. Well, I hope you enjoy the Game 7 between the Pavaliers and the Pavaliers. Until then, we'll catch you the rebound.